morning. Really good to be back in Athlone with you and any of you that I haven't met before, great to uh, have this opportunity to meet you and share with you. Uh, As you'll see if you've had a notice sheet, I'm married to a lovely lady called Julia. We've got three grown-up children in their 30s, six grandsons and a seventh grandchild on the way. So uh, we're busy, busy enjoying being grandparents. Um, it's my privilege to um, uh, lead what's known as Plumline Ministries and as uh, you've heard from Trevor that uh, I've been coming here to Ireland for a number of years as well as a group of churches in the UK as you've just heard out in Guam, in um, Cebu uh, with churches in various different parts of the world and you know it's really important for you guys to know that you are part of the broader body of Christ Um, It's very dangerous when a church becomes incestuous, it is just locked in on itself. It is a very healthy place for a church to have, not vague links, but meaningful relational links. Plumline doesn't own this church, it doesn't tell this church what to do. Um, We're here to offer uh, advice and support and encouragement. You know, one of the important questions is, who pastors the pastors? Who makes sure that these guys uh, are being cared for and not disappearing down the swanee into some terrible heresy? which we know Trevor is very prone to doing, don't we, you know. Uh, um, Joking apart, you know, it's it's important, isn't it, to know that there's people watching out for us and caring for us, and that's what in the Plumline family we seek to do, to offer counsel and and advice, and to uh, offer encouragement. Um, uh, If we felt correction was needed, which we all need from time to time, uh, we might uh, offer the, uh, the opportunity of correction as well if we felt it was necessary Um, but it's good and important for you guys to know that there's people out there who are caring for those who are caring for you and uh, that you're part of the broader body of Christ. So my my visit here this morning, um, you know it's to share with you guys in this context but it's much more than that it's an opportunity to meet with these guys to meet with the leaders of the church later on today and uh, just to be able to offer that sort of help and support to them Um, One of the things we do in Plumline is uh, we have various events and there's a fantastic event coming up uh, at spring uh, 2.14, the uh, 9th to 11th of May at Red Cross in County Wicklow. It's a a weekend of meetings uh, and a number of people from across the country, north and south here, uh, will be coming together to celebrate, to praise to have a laugh at some of Trevor's jokes um, and uh, to receive ministry we Paul and Priscilla Reed from the uh, north coming down to share with us, Graham and Fran, myself uh, and others will be there so hope some of you might consider joining us for that that weekend and you'll find brochures for that out in the foyer there so um, I'm going to share this morning about our relationship with God. 45 years ago, at the age of 15, so yes, I know I only look 21, but 60 this year, 45 years ago, I began a journey of getting to know, of becoming friends with God. And really what 
our Christian faith is all about when you narrow it right down to what it is you know, at core about it's about a relationship with God it's about getting to know him developing a friendship with him and I hope this little talk this morning will encourage you in your relationship and your journey, your development of your relationship with God it may be that there's somebody or somebody's here this morning who say well I don't think I've really got a relationship with God, maybe you're just at that place of saying well what does that mean what does that look like, how do I how do I start that and uh, before my little talk is over this morning I want to address that very specifically a bit later on you know how if you if you haven't already begun a relationship with God how can you do that and uh, so you know I want to talk a little bit about that uh, later on if you have your Bible you might like to turn with me to 1st John chapter 4 where I want to just read two verses by way of introduction to my talk this morning 1st John chapter 4 Whilst you're heading in that direction, um, if I were to ask the question this morning, just for you to think about quietly in your own mind whilst I'm talking, if you were to kind of score your relationship with God this morning out of ten, what would you give it? If you were to score your relationship with God out of ten, what would you give it? Would you say, well, I think it's two, you know, it's not too good right now? Or would you say, well, I think it's kind of average, it's mediocre, you know, maybe five out of ten? Um, or would you say, well, I think it's probably a seven, you know, it's doing real good right now? Or would you say, well, I'll give it nine and nine tenths, you know? Um, I wonder how you, you feel about how you see your relationship with God. Is it good? Is it kind of okay? Or is it poor or bad? Now, in this passage in 1 John chapter 4 then, we read these words in verse 10. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. And if you jump down to verse 19 of the same chapter, it says, We love him because he first loved us. As a 15-year-old nutcase with a great big knife on my belt sat in the back of a meeting like this one Sunday evening, I had no concept of what being a friend with God was like. Having lived a pretty promiscuous life, getting drunk fairly frequently, I sat in the back of a meeting and somebody began to tell me that Jesus Christ had died on the cross, that I could be forgiven for my sin. Nobody had really told me I was a sinner before, but somehow I knew I was. Somehow I knew there was some junk in my life. And as I sat on that seat, my heart began to beat like mad as 
I now know it's called the conviction of the Holy Spirit that I realized that I was a sinner but God didn't look at me and say you wretched sinner you know you are baddie I'm going to send you to the bad place because that's what you deserve but God actually looked at me and said I love you and I love you so much that I am going to send my son to die on the cross to take the punishment for your sins so that you don't have to take that punishment so that you don't have to go to hell so that most importantly you don't have to be separated from me for all of eternity and my heart was beating and when this guy up the front said anybody who wants to come and give their life to Jesus Christ tonight and ask God to forgive them and begin a friendship with him, come forward. I was up out of my seat. I was with all of my mates who must have thought I was a nutcase, but I was up out of my seat, whizzed down the front of that meeting before I knew what was happening. Because something in me suddenly realized how much God loved me and that Jesus loved me and he died on that cross for me. And I'm here today because he first loved me. And you know what? He's gone on loving me. An imperfect Christian who, you know, basically is a sinner in process of being made into a saint. And I'm still on the journey. Anybody else still on the journey? <laughs> you know, he's working on me. Well, I'm sure that all of us here would say, we want to have a good relationship with God. What does a good relationship with God look like? I love to come to meetings like this and to worship, to praise, and you know that's one of the ways that we can express our love to God. And isn't that fantastic? You know, I, I love to have a good clap and a bop around and, and, and sing and all the rest of it. And that's one of the ways that we can express ourselves to God. But you know, um, there are so many other ways that we can express our love and our adoration to the Lord. There are so many other ways that we can encounter God. I, I I love to walk and pray. Most days I walk at least an hour and just spend time praying and thinking and, and kind of listening to God. And uh, I, I love to do that. But I also, uh, I also love to go fishing uh, and uh, uh, things like that. And, and all sorts of ways that I find I can just encounter God and enjoy His presence. Um, I used to think that uh, heaven would just be a permanently noisy place, place filled with praise. And I'm sure that there, there will be moments of great noise and celebration in heaven, but you know what, I also think there will be moments of incredible quietness. And the more I've gone on in my journey with the Lord, the more I've grown to understand um, when the scripture writes, be still and know that I am God. And, uh, you know, I've I found more and more that just going for a quiet walk, just being quiet, enjoying the presence of God. There's a, there's a um, female pop star who some of you may have heard of called, called Paloma Faith, who has got a fantastic song, which is really a, a song about a love relationship inevitably. Um, but in it, she, she talks about two people being together and just enjoying one another's company. 
and the sort of strap line of the song is shh, just shh, and it talks about just be, just be, just be in one another's presence. It's like my, my wife and I, we travel quite regularly to the very north of uh, England, the very north of Scotland, and it's a ten and a half hour car journey from our home. And very often we find when we make that journey that we spend a lot of the time just shh. We usually have a good chat and catch up and download, you know, various things that have been going on in life. But we spend a lot of time just and you know what, people say to me, don't you find that journey boring? And you know what, I don't find it boring. And you know one of the main reasons I don't find it boring? is because I just love being with my wife and just shh. Just being together. We don't have to say anything. We don't have to do anything. Just being in one another's company gets richer and richer and richer. And you know, that, that's what I find in my relationship with the Lord. That just being, whether I'm walking down the street, whether I'm in a meeting like this, whether I'm on an aeroplane tomorrow morning, wherever it is, just recognising that at that moment, wherever I am, whenever, you know, I can be in a relationship with Him, I can just be, just enjoy His presence. He wants to be involved in every part of my life. Wow! Isn't that fantastic? Um, in, in my very early days as a Christian, and, and maybe there are some of you here who, who feel a bit like this, I don't know. But when I was at school, I can remember my first love. Did you have a first love? You know, a girl that I fancied and uh, uh, she was about, you know, two or three years older than me and so in two or three grades above me. So I wasn't in with a chance. I mean, I was just an idiot to even think it, you know, because there's no way she was going to look at me, you know, several years younger. And I, I can remember sending her, sending her a little love note and asking her if she would go out with me and getting all rejected, you know. <laughs> Get lost, you must be joking. Um, and I, I can remember as a very young man playing that game, I don't know if you, you've ever played it, where you pick the dandelion with all the fluffy things on, you know, and, and you blow it. She loves me. She loves me not. She loves me. She loves me not. You know. Um, you ever play that game, you know, and you just kind of hope that there'll be some fluffy things on, on the stem at the end of it and that she loves you kind of thing and you're in with a chance. Well, I guess in my very early days as a Christian, I, I, I used to feel a bit like that in my relationship with God. You know, it's like, you know, d does he love me today? Um, I, I, have I lived a good Christian life today? Have I, you know, have I lived up to the standard today? And, and, and I know that I used to spend a lot of my time kind of feeling so unworthy, feeling so much like I failed and, and seriously worrying about whether God was still my friend today or not um, and um, wondering whether I would ever make it as a Christian. 
Oh, I want to declare this morning, there are fluffy things on the stem. (laughs) Hallelujah. For you, for me, for all of us, and there always will be fluffy things on the stem. There is nothing that can blow all those fluffy things off the stem as far as God is concerned with you. He loves you. He is for you. And no matter how much we fail and we miss it, He loves us and He is for us. We lose patience sometimes with people, don't we? And and their failures and their shortcomings. But isn't it good to know this morning, He who first loved us, He is faithful, He is enduring, and He just loves to be with us. He wants us to learn to enjoy His presence day in and day out, wherever we are, whatever we're doing. Now, there are many different types of relationships in our lives, aren't there? We have mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, aunties, uncles, husband, wife, parent, children, neighbours, work colleagues, church friends. We have all sorts of different relationships. So here's an interesting question. If you were to define your relationship with God as being like, and of course it's not, never going to be totally like because every relationship in our life is unique and our relationship with God is and will be unique. But um, there are some similarities. So if I were to say, what uh, relationship... Your, your relationship with God, which of your other relationships is it most like? Do you see your relationship with God as being most like that which you have with your husband or with your wife or with your children um, or with a friend? Um, you know, how would you define your relationship with God? Just very quickly, I, uh, this is a rhetorical question now, two or three people This is not a trick question. There's not some right or wrong answer here that's, you know, ding, you got it right, or you got it wrong. Um, I'm just interested to hear. How how would one or two of you say you see your relationship with God as being most like? It's unique, yes, but in in terms of another person, where would you place it as being most like? A father, yeah? Intimate like a lover, yeah, fantastic. Sorry? An advocate, that's a good one. Yeah, somebody is for you, rooting for you, oh yes, fantastic. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah? Sorry? So sweet, yes. Fantastic, yeah. Again, I suppose a bit of the, the sort of lover, you know, um, t- type thing to it. Yeah. One more over this side. Sorry? He's everything. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. He's like all of those relationships bundled together and a whole lot more beyond. That's a good way of putting it, yeah. Um, It's kind of interesting because, like I say, every relationship that we have has its unique qualities and elements to it. And I guess in developing our relationship with God over the years, certainly what I've found and and, and I'm finding is that 
We, we go through different sort of phases of growth and development in our relationship. Um, and perhaps there are phases where, um, like, like some of you have said, uh, I'm very much developing that relationship with God as Father. There are perhaps other times and stages when I'm really getting to know Him as that advocate who's rooting for me. You know? um, uh, other times when it is the, the, the sweet lover who really tenderly cares about me and, and all of these different aspects. And so I'm using that to try and get you to think again about where is your relationship with God? Which phase of development you know, is your relationship with God in right now? And it will, through the years, go through different stages of emphasis and development. And that's good, that's wholesome, um, because it is building up that relationship. Um, all relationships have different qualities. Um, so here's another question for you. What do you think are some of the unique qualities about our relationship with God that are unique to our relationship with Him as against any other relationship that we can have? One or two thoughts about that? What do you think is unique about our relationship with God? He always speaks the truth. Yes, absolutely. We can totally, totally trust Him in that, can't we? Yeah? Dependable. He's totally... Isn't that a good one? You know, I, I guess through life journey, one of the things we all learn is that even the most dependable people let you down sometimes. That's why the people that you love the most hurt you the most. Because when they let you down, it hurts more than when people that you aren't too fussed about anyway <laughs> let you down. You follow me? But he is totally dependable. He never will let us down. Isn't that great? One or two more? Sorry? He doesn't condemn. Whoa! Absolutely. We love him because he first loved us because of the atoning work of Christ on that cross. Isn't it awesome? He never looks down and says, Oh, that jolly Trevor, I'm so fed up with him, he's at it again. You know, um, I'm tired of him. But his attitude to us is always one of grace and he's for us. He might come along and say, that Trevor, come on Trevor, stop mucking about, stop playing around with sin and give me a little clip around the ear. You know, but he is a loving, caring father who though he may need to discipline us from time to time and, and rebuke us from time to time, he does that because he loves us, not because he's on some trip to condemn us. Whoa, yes. Somebody else was... Forgiveness, all loving, absolutely all loving. He's patient, oh, isn't that great? Long suffering, he never gives up. I think we sang it, didn't we, this morning? You couldn't have chosen some better songs this morning, Diane. He never gives up, he never gives up. He never gives up. He never gives up. If there's somebody here this morning that you feel perhaps you've missed it, you've failed, you've let God down, He's given up on you, I want to tell you this morning, that's our life from the pit. Kick it out the door. He loves you. He hasn't given up on you. Oh, 
You know what I've concluded? I reckon that there are more people who don't come to church than what there are people who do come to church who in their heart of hearts are believers and still deep down believe but they're not in church because they fear that they've let God down and that God's given up on them. There's a lot of people who need to hear the message He never gives up. He never gives up. He goes after, you know, the lost sheep, the prodigal son. He's a loving father. Well, so many incredible qualities. He's totally reliable. He won't let us down. He won't forsake us. Now, for those who like to use the little grey cells a little bit on Sunday morning, here's uh, a little throw-in to the message for you. And, you know, just so that I, I, I get the tick of approval from the Bible teacher Graham Wiley, who's sitting here this morning, you know, I have to make sure I sneak a little bit of potential theology, at least, into my message. Okay? Um, so, here's a little bit of grey cell usage for you. Um, a little bit of theological Thinking. Don't panic the rest of, you know, the rest, most of you who are like me, you know, don't, don't panic. This is not going to be too heavy. It's a very simple question. And uh, I'm not asking you to answer this one rhetorically, but just to think about it in your own mind. Um, do you believe in what is called once saved, always saved? Or do you believe a Christian can lose their salvation? In other words, know the Lord, backslide from knowing the Lord, and still end up in the nasty place. So, an interesting little theological question. Now in my younger days, probably very much tied up with my own immaturity and my life that was just, you know, in, in such a mess and a wreck that I was all over the place and the he loves me, he loves me not phase. Um, uh, I, I used to believe very, very strongly that you could lose your salvation. Okay? And um, I'm, I'm not going to tell you this morning what you should or shouldn't think about that question because there are very mature and great Christians who think in both directions about that question. Okay? Theologically, let me make that point. I have my own opinion. I happen to think my own opinion is right. But, <laughs> uh, you, you work it out for yourself. Um, certainly in my younger days, uh, I, I used to believe quite strongly that um, you, know, you, you could lose your salvation. And um, uh, I, I used to, um, you know, I, I used to sort of really fear, like I, like I've been saying, you know, each morning, you know, I, I, I know I let God down yesterday. Um, am I now going to go to the nasty place or not? Am I now going to lose my relationship with Him or not? Um, and. Um, it's certainly true to say that there are some interesting scriptures, for those of you who want to think this through and study it through, there's some interesting scriptures like where, where it talks about blaspheming against the Holy Spirit and what is called the unforgivable sin. Now, the question is, what is blaspheming against the Holy Spirit? What is the unforgivable sin? Um, I personally suspect that that has got something to do with people who have known the grace of the Lord in their life and known salvation, but not 
that they just backslide, but that they become very proactive agents working then against the work of the kingdom of God. Now, I suspect that the unforgivable sin has perhaps got something to do with that arena. Um, Maybe it's got other aspects to it as well, I don't know. But at the end of the day, I'm honestly, personally, not sure what it means to commit the unforgivable sin, to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure, but one thing I am sure about is, I don't want to find out. (laughs) Amen? I don't want to find out. You know, in a sense, asking the question, can you lose your salvation or not, is a bit irrelevant, because I don't want to find out. Hello? I don't want to find out. I want to make sure that I walk with the Lord, not just because I'm scared of going to the nasty place or something, but more importantly, because I am enjoying this relationship. I am enjoying getting to know the Lord more and more and more. And I'm looking forward to eternity of continuing to develop that relationship. Wow! That's what's really important to me. And that is worth everything and anything. And so, you know, it's the old, old thing. If sort of potential of whatever the unforgivable sin is, can I lose my salvation, can't I lose my salvation? You know, if that's some edge over which I might fall, well basically, I'm not asking the question. Cause, so I'm not going to live here. Right? I'm going to live over here somewhere. Yeah? I'm going to play safe. Because I value my relationship with God. There is not a sin, as nice as it may be at the time, that is worth losing this fantastic relationship with God over. Whoa. So, but I am comforted by scriptures like, None can pluck you out of my hand. I think the more I've gone on as a father, seen my own kids growing up and now with grandchildren, and you know there are times when I've seen my own kids do some things that, oh, don't do that. You know, it's only going to end up creating a bit of a mess. Don't do that. But you know what? Have I given up on them? Have I said, don't come round my house for dinner for Sunday because... You know, you did whatever last week. No. Quite the opposite. I'm saying, come around my house. You know, come around, have dinner. We love you. I don't care what you do. There's nothing that you can do that is ever going to stop me loving you and wanting to be with you. I don't approve of some of the junk sometimes, but I love you and I want a relationship with you. Whoa. And the more I've gone on, you know, as a father, the more I've realised that is how Father God is towards us. Isn't that fantastic? He never gives up. So, you know, if you feel that your relationship with God this morning is not where perhaps you'd like it to be, there's been some junk going on, He loves you. He's for you. He wants you. He doesn't like the junk. He doesn't like the sin. But He loves you. And He wants that relationship with you. 
So, once saved, always saved. What do you think about that? My other little theological question this morning is, see, we think about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Godhead, the Trinity, three persons, but one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, we say we have a relationship with God. Um, What does that mean? Does it mean we've got a relationship with God the Father? Does it mean we've got a relationship with God the Son? Does it mean we've got a relationship with God the Holy Spirit? And... Which of those three parts of God would you say you've got the strongest relationship with? Interesting question. Yeah. Who do you pray to? Do you pray to Father? Do you pray to the Son? Do you pray to the Holy Spirit? Do you pray to his dog? No, I'm teasing you now. <laughs> I'm a dog lover. They say there's going to be no dogs in heaven. <laughs> you know. So... Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, not a trick question. The answer actually is that we're developing a relationship with God and all three parts of God. Right? And again, that's where our relationship is this never-ending journey of getting to know Him. And there will be phases where our emphasis will be on getting to know God the Father. There will be phases where the emphasis will be on getting to know Jesus the Son. There will be emphasis, times, when, when the emphasis will be on getting to know God the Holy Spirit. To me, what is the dangerous thing both theologically and practically, is when an individual or a church gets stuck on any one of those three and unhealthily um, builds purely on that one element of the Godhead. There is a balance, there is a richness, there is a healthiness. You know, you go to some churches... And, and it's all very much God the Father. You go to others, it's all very much God the Son, Jesus. And you go to others, you know, you never hear about God the Father or God the Son. It's all of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Spirit and getting slain in the Spirit. Actually, all three are really important. A healthy church will be teaching, preaching, encouraging people to develop a relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. God the Father, who's this loving, caring, embracing Father that we've been talking about. Whoa! God the Son, Jesus, our Saviour, our Redeemer, our big brother, if you like, who walks through life with us, with, with whom, because of what He's done, we have become joint heirs with Christ. He has chosen, as the Son of God, to come to earth to make a way of redemption for you and I, so that we could become joint heirs with Him. He's adopted us into His family. Everything that is His is mine. Everything that is His is yours. Whoa, Jesus, you're a generous guy. You know, I suppose I'll have to go down to that earth and die on the cross for them all. And then to top it all, I've got to share my entire inheritance with them all. Aren't you glad that Jesus isn't like that? But He chose to come and to lay down His life and to make us joint heirs, sons and daughters of God the Father. And then God the Holy Spirit. Oh, developing a relationship with Him is fun, isn't it? 
He's called the Comforter. But the first thing he ever does in our lives is makes us flipping uncomfortable. You know, if you do a nasty, if you do a no-no, you do a sin, I'll tell you the Holy Ghost is... He's right there. You know, just pricking that thing called the conscience. Saying, you know that's not right. (laughs) But he is the one who comes to convict us of sin. He's the one who comforts, comforts us and brings us the assurance of the presence of Christ and forgiveness. And he is the one who comes and empowers us to be supermen and women. I am not only human, I am superhuman. I'm glad three of you agree with me and the rest of you are looking at me. Who is this weirdo who is preaching here this morning? You know, oh... Because we are being empowered by the person of the Holy Spirit. Getting to know Him and His empowering and His supernatural gifts. You know, is one of the things that makes the Christian life day to day an exciting place to be. And so, um, we are getting to know all three parts of the Godhead. And maybe in your journey right now, you know, you're majoring on one... God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And there will be different phases in our growth and development of our relationship with the Lord. But my encouragement to you is, don't get stuck on just one of them. Make sure in the long run of things, you're developing a relationship with the fullness of the Godhead, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Okay, a couple more things before I wind this up today. How do you grow a good relationship with God? Here's a few key pointers. Number one, time. Somebody once said, love is spelled T-I-M-E. Spending time with somebody you know, is crucial to developing a good relationship. So making sure we are spending time in our busy lives, however we do that, to stop, to reflect, to listen, just to say, Lord, I love you, and to spend time with Him. Secondly, honesty. You know, honesty produces trust. I've had this sad job uh, from time to time over the years as a pastor to sit with couples, married couples, sometimes who've been married happily for many years and one of them has been unfaithful to the other. And you know, um, in many ways when that happens, it's relatively easy, I say that, very difficult But in comparison, it's relatively easy for the partner who's been sinned against to forgive. Forgiveness is not usually the question. The question is trust. Forgiveness can be instant. Trust takes years to build and only a few minutes to destroy. Yeah? And when dishonesty, when... Um, adultery takes place, you know, in a relationship. It is not only the the sin and, and, and the sexual activity, the physical element, etc., the emotional element, but it is the whole issue that trust is blown out of the window, and that can take a very long time actually to rebuild. Yeah, and so walking in honesty with God so that there is trust 
between us is really important. One of the things I love about David the psalmist is that he was honest with God. You know, And there were times when he knew he was letting God down and he declared he was letting God down. And there were times when he was angry with God. And there were times when he was happy with God. Do you know what? God can take any emotion you want to throw at him. <laughs> Isn't that great? And he's not going to get in a paddy and he's not going to give up on you. I'd like to appeal to you today, be honest with God. See, I remember, again back in this early stage as a Christian, that um, there was a girl that I wanted to go out with that I prayed about it and said, God, do you want me to go out with this girl? And I felt the Lord said no. So you know what I did? I asked her out. Being the good, obedient, you know, young Christian that I was. So I started going out with this girl and every time I prayed for the next two or three weeks, my prayers started by saying things like, Lord, I thank you that it's your will that I'm going out with Susan. And I knew darn well that, it, that the Lord was saying to me, this girl isn't right for you, this girl isn't right for you, this girl isn't right for you. And here's me saying, Lord, I thank you. you know, I was really trying hard to convince God <laughs> to persuade him to change his mind. Now after a few weeks, I was walking her home one night after a date, and we're walking down the street arm in arm, see, everything's great. And this lovely person in the Godhead called the Holy Spirit starts having a go at me. And I'm feeling this thing called conviction. This isn't right. I know it's not right. My relationship with God is going down the pan because I know I'm doing something here that I shouldn't be doing. And as I walked down the street, arm in arm with that girl, I just became so conscious that I had a choice to make. Was I going to obey God and go with what he wanted? Or was I going to run my life my way and stick with this girl? There's nothing wrong with the girl. She was a lovely girl, fantastic girl, etc., etc. She must have thought I was an absolute head case. Because suddenly, I kind of unlinked arms with her, I stepped away from her, so she had no warning that this was coming whatsoever, and I looked at her and I said, I'm terribly sorry, I'm going to have to end this relationship, because I don't think God wants me to be having this relationship. Goodbye, and I was off. I mean, talk about how to dump somebody. I mean, is that bad or what? You know, terrible. But there is no condemnation in Christ. (laughs) Oh dear. I mean, is anybody in that situation, let me just say, there is a better way that could have been done. As for sure. But you know what, I had to become honest with God that I knew something wasn't right and I needed to put it right. I didn't put it right the right way, but I put it right. And I'd encourage you this morning, if you've got some stuff, you know, that you're trying to convince God that it's right and you know done what is wrong, stop playing that game. Okay, be honest with God, be honest with yourself, deal with it. Number three, how to develop a good relationship with God. Give not to get. I believe with all of my heart that, as I've been saying, the Lord wants to bless us, He wants to heal us, He wants to deliver us, He wants to do this, He wants to do that, He wants to do the other. But you know, it worries me sometimes when 
people or churches center of focus is on working God. And I want to bring you back to the heart of my message here this morning. Shh. Just be. And you know what God wants more than anything else is for us to just enjoy Him, His presence. Being with Him, walking with Him, not putting Him to work. There's a time and place, absolutely, to ask Him for all sorts of things. But at the end of the day, it's not about that. You know, God is not just some great supermarket in the sky who's offering freebies, if we ask. He's a father. He's a mother. He's a lover. He wants a relationship with us. And so, number three, give not to get. Yeah? God, I love you. Not for what I can get out of you. But Lord... I want to love you just for who you are. And that means loving, wanting to bless. You know, getting up in the morning, Lord, how can I bless you today? How can I delight you today? That's what will ring in our hearts. And of course... The opposite to those few things is true. How to ruin a good relationship? Well, not giving God time. Living a life of lying and deceit and not being honest to Him or to yourself or to others. And trust being broken. Living a life of sin and hurting God and hurting others. Those are all things that just contribute to a bad and poor relationship. We love Him because He first loved us. Look at me. Why on earth should God love me? But He does. Look at yourself. Why on earth should God love you? But He does. And He longs for a relationship, a deeper relationship with you. And that's what eternity is all going to be all about. You know, we, we live in this social network age which has just exploded, hasn't it, in the last five, ten years? Twitter, Facebook, all of those things. Do you know what all of that tells me? More than anything else is how much we as human beings crave relationship. We crave being wanted, being valued, being loved, being interested in. But I want to tell you this morning, there is somebody who's on Twitter. There's somebody who's on Facebook. There's somebody who's on your page who is the most important friend that you could ever possibly have. Young people, I tell you, having God on your page is worth having 10 million other names on your Facebook page and more. There is no greater friend that you could ever possibly have. And if you haven't started that friendship yet, Jesus Christ died for you on that cross so that your sin could be forgiven. If you've walked with Him, but that relationship has grown cold and distant, and there's some stuff between you and God that needs to be sorted out, He loves you this morning, and He's ready to forgive if you'll ask Him. Isn't that great? 
And I'd like to just give opportunity as I draw this message to a close for two things. One for anybody who doesn't yet know the Lord, hasn't yet begun that journey, who would say, I'd like to begin that journey. And two, for those of us that do love the Lord, that are on that journey, that just want to respond this morning and very simply say, Lord, I want to press on in this relationship. I just want to declare afresh this morning, I want to get to know you more. Amen? And so I'm going to give us all an opportunity to respond to that in just a moment. But first of all, let's just close our eyes and bow our heads. And I would love to pray for anybody here this morning who would say, Simon, I haven't really begun that relationship with God yet, but I'd like to. Or you say, I I have had a relationship with Him, but it's gone cold, it's gone distant, there's some junk between me and God. And I hear what you say this morning, that He loves me. And I want to come to Him, whether for the first time or coming back to Him, and ask Him to forgive me. And surrender my life to Him. I'd love to pray for anybody who feels that they're in one of those two places, first of all, this morning. And so with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, nobody's embarrassed, you're, nobody's going to see, but, but me, who's just going to watch, so that I know who I'm praying for. If you say, Simon, I'd like to begin that journey with God, or I'd like to come back to God this morning, and I want to ask this Jesus to forgive me for my sin and come into my life and help me begin this relationship with Him. If that's you, would you do a simple thing? Just lift one hand in the air and then take it down again to say, Simon, pray for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. A number of you this morning, that's wonderful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Many this morning, young and old, that's wonderful. Just saying, I want to begin that relationship or I want to start it again. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, I come now and pray for each of my dear friends here who's just lifted their hands. Some, perhaps for the first time, saying they want to start that journey of getting to know you. Others feeling, Lord, that they're distant from you and want to rekindle that relationship. Can I invite each of you who raise your hands at this moment just to pray in your own heart and mind and to say sorry to the Lord for whatever you see as sin in your life. And just in your own words, in your own heart, to say, Jesus... Thank you for dying on the cross for me, that I could be forgiven. And in your words, ask him to come into your life, to cleanse you, and to help you begin that journey, that relationship with him. I just thank you in this moment of stillness right now there are people beginning this wonderful journey for a friendship with you 
Holy Spirit, come now. And just let them know that they are forgiven. That they become joint heirs with Christ. Lord, for those who have felt they've drifted from you and are coming back to you this morning, whatever the issues have been that have caused them to drift, we thank you now as they've confessed this forgiveness. And let this morning be a significant new beginning in their journey with you. Thank you, Lord, that you love them and you welcome them. You put your arms around them now. So to those of you who lifted your hands, who have just been praying as I've invited you, I want to say to you now, welcome to this journey of a relationship with God. And I'd like to invite you before you go home this morning to tell somebody else, either Trevor and Diane or one of the other leaders in the church or a friend who you know here who loves the Lord, just tell them that you asked Jesus to come into your life this morning, whether for the first time or coming back to Him. And just ask them to pray a personal prayer with you before you leave this building. And now, I just want to invite all of us, and in a moment, Diane perhaps will come to lead us in a song appropriate to just kind of pull things together so we can end on a note of love and adoration to the Lord. But I'd just like to ask, again, as we just keep our eyes closed for a moment and keep the sense of the the presence of the Lord, let this be a, a moment, a holy moment, of fresh dedication I hope for every one of us here, I invite everyone and anyone who'd want to say this morning, Lord, I love you and I'm glad with how far my, my relationship, my journey has gone, but Lord, I want to press on. Lord, I want to love you more. Lord, I want to know you more. And I just want to commit myself afresh this morning to that passionate journey of pursuing loving and knowing you more and I'd like to invite all those who would say yes and amen to that to stand to your feet right now with me to say Lord I want to know you more and So we're standing just as an act of declaration. Oh Lord. So Lord, on behalf of each and every one here, we just want to say right now, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Oh Lord. (laughs) Yes, thank you Lord that you received us just as we are thank you that you sent Jesus to die for us Lord we say we love you this morning because you first loved 
us. And we want to press on and get to know you more and deeper, Lord. We thank you for eternity, this relationship that we've got with you that's going to get better and better and better. We say this morning, Father, God, Jesus, Son of God, and Holy Spirit, God, we want to get to know all of you better and better and richer and richer. Daddy, Father, we want to know your arms around us, your care and your protection and, and your rebuke. Jesus, we want to know more of sharing that inheritance with you and, and walking in your forgiveness and grace. And Holy Spirit, we want to know more of your empowering and your gifting in our lives that we might be effective in touching others. We say, God, we want to get to know you more and more and more. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen. You just express the sentiment of what I've just prayed in your own heart, in your own words for a moment. And then Diane lead us in a song of worship just to conclude this this morning. Um, I'm sure if you want prayer and ministry for anything, whether it's to do with what I've shared or you want prayer for healing or whatever, um, the team here, myself, be pleased to pray with people. If there are people who want prayer for specific things, feel free to come forward as we sing and we will pray for people. Um, but all of us, let's reach out to the Lord this morning just to love Him for who He is. Bless you. Thank you, Diane.